0: This is Emmer Effer on Dying Scene Radio. Go fuck
1: yourself. Greetings, comrades. Welcome to episode 26 of Dying Scene Radio. With me, as always, is my compadre from another madre, Mr. Bobby Burns. Salutate the listeners, Bobbert. Hello,
2: everybody. I almost wanted to say howdy, but I didn't. I was like, is but he going to say it? I feel like you haven't no. said it in a while.
1: Yeah, I'll try and mix it up a little bit. Keep you on your toes. Yeah. Um, But not only do you have uh, boring old Bobbert and myself, also joining us this episode is one half of the loudest, gayest punk band in the world. It's Adrian from Plasma Canvas. Hey, Adrian.
3: Hello, everyone, everywhere.
1: Uh, so we're going to get to know her a little bit more throughout the episode as we listen to some fantastic new music from emerging bands that you were probably too lazy to discover, and discuss some of the more noteworthy scene news from the last few weeks that you were probably too lazy to read. So um, first, a little bit of house cleaning. Our opening song for this episode was brought to us by Skatepunks Symphony of Distraction. Uh, they say they're uh, from New York and California, so bi-coastal. That's got to be interesting for practice. Uh, the name of the track was Time Is Not On My Side, which is a cover of uh, a Lonely Bunker song from their 2019 album, Daytime Lullaby. Uh, the track was released on a two-track split album, Bob's favorite. Uh, but it was just <laughs> that one song and each of them performing it. So uh, it was pretty cool to hear the two different takes on it. Um, uh, and I think Symphony of Distraction is an incredibly uh, underrated band. Their uh, last full-length horse, horse was amazing and still uh, Logs pretty uh, significant amount of time on my playlist. Have you, um, Adrian, have you ever heard of Symphony of Distraction? You're pretty in tune with the scene. I'd imagine you have.
3: Uh, No, I have hit the. The age in my life where I stop consuming new things and I continuously consume things that make me feel nostalgic for 2005. No, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> I, I just turned 30. You just turned 30.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. wait, in 2005, then you would have been 12, 15. Okay, 15. There you go. Because I okay. think that's when I turned 20. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah, that doesn't get any better, by the way. I looked at my um, Spotify rap list this year, and it was all stuff that I shouldn't be listening to because I should be listening to more new bands and stuff like that. But it was a lot of... Uh, and none more black, and I was very bad this year. <laughs> very no, bad. <laughs>
3: there, there is a loophole though. Um, it's, it's also like a prerequisite for like turning thirty. Is uh, you can listen to a new band that feels like an old band yes. because you know, and uh, and that band is called the Menzingers. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's very you know because they they feel like you know I I just I listened to like Lookers I think it was called for the first time you know like last year and I was like okay I feel like I've heard this song a million times that is a great feeling also like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I love the men singers I think they uh, I think they had another new album this year didn't they They've been putting out new music left and
3: right. I feel I like know, you're at least you're at least like mentally 30 years old when you start falling in love with the menzingers. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I think on your thirtieth birthday, you actually have to uh, listen to <laughs> menzingers. It's a prerequisite. It's funny.
2: I think I brought this up earlier this year, but uh, menzingers are this band where I'm like, yeah, I don't really like them or listen to them, and then I'll have on like an album. The album will finish. And then on Spotify, it starts playing like the radio of the band. And every once in a while, I'll look down and save the song or this and that. And it's like always Menzingers. So I think I don't enjoy them. But when no one tells me it's the Menzingers, I enjoy them. So, uh, (laughs) yes, apparently I like the Menzingers and I need to find an album that I can get into and love. So what was the, the album that you just mentioned?
3: Uh, the Menzingers the the album that I really like is called after the party
2: after the party. Okay I will By take that as my recommendation
3: what you said about like uh, not telling you know not having people tell you that it's the men's singers and you like it and then whenever they tell you you don't like it anymore like that's how I feel like whenever I'm like cleverly introducing people to my Chemical Romance, <laughs> <laughs> it's like especially like especially like the punks that are like too cool yes for for you know I play them like the super raunchy grungy punk songs like uh, like Tomorrow's Money and and Boy Division and stuff yeah. And I I play them the like lesser known stuff and they're like oh man this is fucking sick who is this and I'm like it's the same band that made welcome to the black parade you need to be more open-minded gotcha isn't that fun I I think (laughs) I'm
2: that person too so you and I are on the same page um did you uh, yeah I'm a shit (laughs) uh, are are you down for um umbrella academy have you been into that and watching that
3: I, you know, I feel, you. Know, so, all right, I have a My Chemical Romance tattoo, uh-huh. but I feel like a bad fan, because I haven't, I have not watched The Umbrella oh, Academy. Oh,
2: man, yes, you are. I'm not even a My Chemical Romance fan, but I love when, like, singers or bands do other things, like write books. So, like, I'm not, like, a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, but, like, Flea wrote a book, and so did Anthony Kiedis, and, like, they're part of the scene. Flea was in Fear, so I, I like eat that shit up just because i think they're interesting as people venturing outside of their comfort zone and like i must say like the umbrella academy and the comic books won awards like way back when they came out and um and yeah the uh the tv show of it was just as awesome so um my recommendation to you is at least well it's a slow burn but watch some of some of it try an episode out
1: um. <laughs> that's Bob's recommendation <laughs> of the episode um, so see I gotta also try and rein Bob in so Bob gets a little over excited sometimes Always. when we have guests on and, and we we carve out enough time to kind of kind of get to know our guests throughout the episode, but sometimes uh, Bob gets a little eager and he tries to conduct uh, the interview right at the top of the show, which is uh, never good when you're trying to maintain a con- congruity with uh, with shows like this. So um, we're going to get to know Adrian a little bit throughout the show, but a little bit now too, so that we can appease both of us, because I don't want Bob to feel like he's totally left out. So Adrian, I know uh, you're up in uh, the Fort Collins area in Colorado. What uh what have you been doing to get through the pandemic this shitty year? I know, um, I saw you guys, the one of the last shows I shot was, um, I think it was at summit when you guys opened for against me, what have you done since then?
3: Um, well, we, uh, we're writing a new record. Um, but like over the last like month or two, uh, we haven't been rehearsing because of the uptick in cases and like, we're just being extra careful. Um, part of the reason the live stream show that we did with less than Jake and days and days the other day, um, we, we were a little bit rusty and that's because we've been super careful and we haven't rehearsed at all. So like what you see, you know, if anybody, you know, listening to this checks out the live stream that we did with less than Jake and days and days, like we, you know, what you're seeing is like a band that hasn't rehearsed in like over a month and like, you know, is, Trying desperately to like rock very hard while also being responsible and like not gathering with people, not like rehearsing in a small tiny room with no ventilation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's um that's funny i would I always thought you know, at least if nothing else in our scene it's not gonna matter that much because everybody kind of sucks anyway, and I forgot <laughs> you guys you guys are actually pretty good musicians, so you probably practice your craft a little bit more than uh most of the other bands that uh, I listen to,
3: <laughs> yeah, well, you know i i I've, I've I fell in love with like heavy metal and like super complicated like hardcore math punk shit before I ever like got into like. Against Me or Gaslight Anthem or Menzingers or like Jeff Rosenstock, any any like, you know, song-based music. It was more about, like, I, you know, whenever I was learning how to play guitar and write music, it was always about, like, you know, showing everyone that I was really good. So, like, I, you know, I discovered punk rock later on, and I kind of took the chops that I learned from being a metal musician to, like, You know, and applied the attitude of like, I can do whatever the fuck I want and no one gets to tell me that I'm wrong for expressing myself. And so like, I think that's where we differ from a lot of punk bands because like, you know, we, I'm not saying like we're better or cooler or anything like that. It's just like, I, you know, I, I'm not bound by like, I have to, I have to do this thing and this is what punk is and this is what it isn't. And like, I just kind of, I feel like me doing whatever the hell I want and not answering to people with mohawks and studs all over their jacket like is is punk rock that's it exactly i definitely
2: definitely think it shows in your guys' music and um are you just a two-piece
3: yeah yeah um we so jude and i write everything but sometimes we'll have like a friend come up and play guitar or something Uh and you know we we do like to collaborate with people and um the next record that we're writing is gonna be like written by me and Jude, but when we tour on it, we're gonna tour as like maybe like a four or five piece. Oh, nice. That's just cool. to, yeah, and like that way we get to like still express ourselves fully, and like uh-huh. the people that we bring in will, you know, just be happy to contribute and like won't want to put their stamp on it. Yeah. 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 How do you have?
2: How have you um, filled in? So I didn't watch um, the uh, live stream that you guys with, did with lesson and Jake. Um, you know, I haven't been out there to the sh- to the shows uh, that like AP was mentioning and stuff. How do you fill in live like with your guitar tone? Are you doing, cause I've seen two piece bands before where a guitar player will um, also play out of a bass amp and maybe have like a, a second line with an EQ that takes off all the high end to get like a, a nice bass tone to it. Or I've seen the exact opposite, where it's just like bass, mid, treble, all the way up, like just trying to give a a full uh, feel of the instrument through one amplifier. So do you you have an approach that you
3: take to this? Uh, Yeah, well... The, the band accidentally became a two-piece. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, well, w- what happened was, like, so I'm from a small town in Missouri, and uh-huh. I was the only trans person that I knew there, pretty uh-huh. much. So, like, I had a lot of experiences and wrote a lot of songs. Uh-huh. And when I, whenever uh-huh. I moved to Colorado, I had, like, 13 songs, and I was like, I want to record a record. And uh-huh. so I found this guy named Dave Seitz, and he helped me record the first record, And we just ended up becoming a band Uh uh, because because we liked playing together. Um, But like, I recorded so many parts for our very first full length record. Uh You know, like you'll hear there's bass on there, there's like organ, there's piano, there's tambourine, and you know just a bunch of shit. But it was never supposed to specifically be a two piece band. It was just like, you know, I I'm a really shy and socially awkward person, and so I'm not good at making friends. Uh And so I was just like. I'm gonna figure out how to do this live, and um, so what ended up happening was we recorded the record uh, with Dave, and I decided that when we played live, I was going to play out of two amps, okay, uh, which is what I do, and uh, the the way that I do it is I plug my guitar into an A B Y switch, uh huh, yep, and and in one side I got. Um, I got a uh, just a distortion pedal that's fully cranked, uh-huh. and then that goes into a noise gate, which goes into a cranked Vox AC30, uh-huh. and then um, on the bass side it goes into an MXR fuzz machine, which is like an octave fuzz pedal, but I only use like a tiny little bit of the octave just to like keep it like from getting muddy uh-huh. but i um uh, i use a lot of the fuzz um and then that goes into an eq pedal with the lows cranked up real high yep. and the highs rolled off yep and uh and then that goes into a noise gate and then that goes into a bass amp with the uh with the bass cranked the mids cranked and the treble like on you know like up a quarter of the way okay and yeah, and so that's that's how I, I get my my sound.
2: That's cool. Um, and when you do that, so I don't think I've ever, like, plugged a guitar into a bass amp and tried to mess with that. Um, <clears throat> do you feel like you get, like, a nice, sweet bass tone out of it that you're really happy with, or you're like, eh, this is just going to have to do?
3: Uh, sometimes it's a little bit of both. <laughs> okay. um, but it, it all honestly depends on who's mixing, the who's, like, running sound. Yeah, that's super like, important. Yeah, I've had sound guys, like, try to wrap their heads around my rig before and totally fail. And, like, you know, the guitar amp is super loud and, like, there's no bass amp going into the monitors at all. It's just, but you know, it it is really great because like I'll sound check the guitar amp and it'll sound super awesome. And I'm like, wow, how can a guitar sound any better than this? Yeah. And then I click on the bass and it just sounds like a giant fuzzy mountain. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like nothing but mud. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool because I can kind of do like a sort of stoner metal thing with it. But, um, you know, I don't I always interpreted stoner metal to mean, like, metal that, like, was quirky and weird, like Mastodon or, Uh like, Dillinger, you know, but uh, stoner metal apparently means really slow and played on the neck pickup through a bass amp, like, and I find that a little bit boring. Yeah. So I don't do that. Interesting. I'm getting um, way out in the weeds, guys, I'm sorry. No, well, <laughs> that's
1: that's what happens when Bob leads the conversation. It's not you, it's him 100%. <laughs> so don't well,
2: and back. I'm interested in all this stuff, right? <laughs> I, I, I started out playing bass. 20 years ago and then switched to drums and picked up guitar and keyboards and everything else in between. And so like, you know, you, you got to know your craft and what you're doing. And I mean, part of it for me is I didn't learn how to like EQ my guitar or my bass, even when I was playing shows and shit until I started recording in my late twenties. And so, um, you know, then you start picking up and, and listening to it. And, um, so I don't know, I'm just curious cause I've, I've never done that before. And then in addition, like, does that mean, So because you have an ear for this stuff, do you have a big part in, like, your album um, tone and mixing process? It's like, do you come in when you guys record an album and, um, like... I don't know. Do you just have a lot to say? Because so when I recorded albums, when I was younger, I was like, I don't know, I guess that sounds fucking good to me. Like turn the bass up. Whereas like, I didn't know how to cut EQs. I didn't know it was mudding up mixes and if like mids were too high or, um, lows weren't high enough, I didn't know how to hear all that. Or like you talked about having gates and compressors. Like I didn't know any of that stuff. So do you feel like because you know, this stuff, well, do you have a big part in that process or do you just kind of let the magic happen with whoever's uh, recording and mixing you guys?
3: It's a little bit of both because I like to know what I'm doing and I like to know the words to use to describe what I want to sound like. Uh Um, And I I like to have some control over that and I like to be able to get that sound on my own through the speakers to begin with. Mm -hmm. So that way, like, you know, whenever they want to mic up my rig, you know, they can take what I'm giving them and, you know, that's like a really good bass line. But I also really do, you know, so when we worked on our album Killer Majestic with uh, Bill Stevenson and Andrew Berlin, um, you know, Bill was really good for, like, throwing in ideas mm-hmm. and, like, uh, he he was really good for, like, guiding the perfect performance out of us. And then Andrew um, was really great about figuring out which tones to, to like, sit where and, yeah. like, because... Because uh, whenever we recorded that, I played out of like four amps at once, and that was the most powerful I've ever yeah. felt. It was <laughs> so we we recorded through like an Ampeg Bass Fridge, um, my Vox AC30, a Marshall JCM900, and a Mesa Boogie Triple Rectifier all okay. at the same time.
2: In the same room, uh, or different rooms with different mics on them, or
3: like how'd you guys pull that off? Um, in, mostly in different rooms. They okay. were in. The base was in an ISO room, so was the Vox, but the Marshall and the Mesa were in the same room but pointed opposite directions. Uh-huh. Okay. And so that's how they were able to do that.
2: That's cool. I wish I I uh, I wish I had, like, the amount of space to experience. This is the room I'm confined to for recording. <laughs> so with my computer right where I am now in front of me, so I have to, like, tear stuff down and put new stuff up. There's just not enough space to dry. But that sounds really fun. I always... Uh, remember reading about, like, the Pumpkins recording uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I know we're really branching away from punk rock, but something like James E.O. used, like, 30 amps on one of the songs or something like that, and I was just like, how do you... I don't even know how, how I think, like, oh, I should also add this one into the mix. By the time I've got two on there, I'm like, I don't know. It sounds strong, so I like that.
3: Well, what's, what's really fun about stuff like that is... is uh, I don't know if you've ever done any reamping. Um, I don't even so- know what that means. Re- reamping is this really cool thing where they like take a dry performance um, from your guitar, they okay. just take a DI, put it straight into a computer, and then they run. Um, they can take that performance and run it through uh-huh. as many different as many different amps as they want, okay. and they can set them all to different settings, yeah. and it'll track exactly the same performance. And you can just mix it in yeah. to give it a little bit more texture to make your record sound huge and yeah. pan it all super yeah. big that was fun too
2: that sounds fun I think I, I've heard someone uh, tell me to do that the dry track but I've never done it I've always been too lazy I'm like I don't know if I have the equipment to switch this off I mean it sounds like a cheap investment I should do that so um, in, in order to keep this going and have AP not hit me uh, <laughs> I'm going to see him and he's probably going to sock me in the arm oh, yeah. um, I'll, I'll limit it to one more question for right now. Uh, you mentioned being like really heavily into um, metal and then discovering punk. About what age uh, did you discover punk? What were some of the metal bands that you were into? And then what were some of the like the punk bands that that really?
1: Fucking three. Um, That's three fucking questions. God damn it. <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. I don't so care. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <angry>. <laughs> He is right, though. That's three fucking <laughs> questions. Okay, I'm just going to ask four. one question, now, but you here's now, three. You're giving
2: me shit? <laughs> uh,
3: uh, no, no. You know what it is? And, like, as an autistic person, I can tell you, like, so much about this. Is It's one very long hyphenated sentence with multiple parentheses and commas. <laughs> <laughs> Fair exactly enough. It. We'll count it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, like. I grew up, um, so my mom showed me the video for One by Metallica uh-huh. when I when I was like 10 years old and I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen and I want to do that. So like I, you know, I was a Hesher kid. Like I was, uh, you know, like into thrash metal and uh-huh. like, you know, that that stuff. And I got into some of the more like nerdy stuff. Like I was really into like Children of Odum and Trivium uh-huh. for a long yep. time. And I still, like, you know, I was I'll, I'll say, go back and listen to that stuff. I'll listen like, to
2: Trivium every once in a while.
3: I mean, they're just amazing
2: yeah. musicians. You can't not appreciate it.
3: I liked them and Children of Bodom because Children of Bodom was, like, a party band, too. Like, they wrote metal songs that had, like, punk subject matter. Like, I got trashed in the alley, and I, like, <laughs> threw up blood. And I was like, yeah, I'm 16, and I just threw up off a of balcony, too. <laughs> you know? But... I think um, Children of Odom was actually like a gateway band into punk. Um, just because of the attitude that Alexi had. He was just like, I don't give a fuck. And I yeah. was like, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, I noticed that, like, whenever I would listen to music, I liked the music that was really well put together, like yeah. the metal stuff. But I, whenever I went to shows, I loved the energy of, like, the punk and yeah. hardcore bands because, like, the metal bands – like, the one I was in at the time, when I was, like, 16, it was just, like, a couple of people standing there, staring at their fretboards, yeah, thinking, sure. you know, thinking that we were, like, way cooler and more impressive than we were. Yeah. Like no. But, like, the punk bands and the hardcore bands, even if it was, like, you know, at the Gates core, drop C, yeah. like, in C minor... You know like if even if it was like all that stuff that sounded just like as I lay dying it was still fun because it was way energetic and I was like okay well how do I take these skills that I learned from this and like have the energy of this and you know that was around like 18 or 19 I started getting more into like punk rock and you know I still I'm a metal-headed heart but like I try not to just, like, limit myself to anything. I like to just take in whatever is in front of me and dig for the honesty in it. Yeah. Like, if it's got something to say, I'm trying to listen. You know, that's well, it.
2: And it's hard, too, because, like, <clears throat> you you put those gates on, and I think they come with, like, you know, language becomes really constricting because you associate things, like, with other with other people or places or, or stuff people uh, do. And I remember just, like, in high school, there was this guy who... Like, you know, he was nice enough, um, but he was obsessed with Ozzy Osbourne and that's all he talked about. And he played guitar and he only played Ozzy riffs and like, he'd be like, oh, let's jam. And then you'd be like, all right. And he'd like, you know this Ozzy song? You know that Ozzy song? It's like, all right, come on. You got to do something else. So I grew up like never listening to Ozzy Osbourne, not knowing anything, what he's about, just being annoyed by this guy. And then I must be like 25 or something and we're skating and one of my buddies puts on Black Sabbath and I'm like, dude, who is this? This is awesome. He's like, this is Black Sabbath, man. I'm like, what? Like, like this sounds just like punk rock that I listened to. And he's like, this is like thrash metal, but okay. I'm like, I don't know. In my head, like, it's very like upbeat and fun. Like, I don't know. Um, And so, you know, it's, we do get constrained. Uh, with that. And it's really hard not to. So, um, you know, uh, kudos to you for, you know, breaking down those barriers. And like you said, I mean, I I like how you, you know, described yourself, like you kind of want to go beyond that with your music. And I definitely think, you know, when I checked you guys out, I was like, oh man, this is like a really hard, cool, interesting band that isn't like sticking to Um, some simple formula of of writing a song or getting a specific sound down. And I think that's what right off the bat I noticed about uh, your music. So it definitely, it definitely
1: shows. And I appreciate that.
3: Hey, thanks for saying that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I will, I will end it there for right now.
1: Are, are you quite done now? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, that was very good, Bob. You did a good job of, um, reining it in and keeping yourself accountable to a certain uh, timeline. Even if your question count was a little bit wrong. Um, I, I, I have one question. So what, what is, your, what is that hat? Some kind of nightmare? Yeah. Uh, where, uh, who, is that a band?
3: Yeah, yeah, so Some Kind of Nightmare is a band out of uh, San Diego, and um, they, uh, I, think, I think it was like 2013 or something like that, uh, they decided to quit their jobs and tour in a van full time, and that's what they've been doing for years, and um, Molly, and so basically like the, the guitarist and the bassist are both, they, they both do vocals and they're married to each other and they're just like really wholesome punk rock awesome amazing couple but uh molly is a breast cancer survivor and like you know toured with like a tube draining out of her chest and shit wow. like molly is the most badass person that i've ever met in my life and if i ever grow up i want to be like molly mess from some kind of nightmare so yeah <laughs> that's, that's pretty fucking cool yeah
1: they're,
3: they're really rad
1: sweet yeah i wish i had known i would, could have put some on, music on here bob bob will put some of their music on while we're talking I about that. I <laughs> the whole story so
2: right underneath
1: this yeah um, the,
3: if i can make a song recommendation uh please. the song the song fda approved okay, is okay. A, it's got a really cool music video too awesome okay Cool. Then that's
1: what you're listening to in the background while we talked about them. Uh, Anyway, I guess that wasn't a a real question. I just noticed the hat, and I always like to ask when I see, especially if it looks like a a band. So, um, Let's go ahead and uh, kick off our first block of music here. We're going to start things, uh, as we always do, with Bossman Dave's solid gold lock of the episode. Uh, From Melbourne, Australia, these uh, punk rockers uh, have a brand new five-track EP called This Is What Honesty sounds like, released via our buddy Rob over at Wiretap Records. This is Catholic Guilt with A Boutique Affair. Name of the song was a boutique affair boutique boutique i guess it's boutique i don't know i don't go to them uh name of the band was catholic G- guilt which is a, a fucking incredible band name they were from australia that was from the brand new five track ep this is what honesty sounds like uh fucking rob man he can find some good bands uh, rob like or dave no ro- well rob because they're signed to wiretap Oh, yes, yes, yes,
2: yes. I'm like, I know Catholic guilt from somewhere. Uh, where do yeah. I know them from? And it's got to yeah, be from he, Rob's page.
1: Yeah, you probably saw it on the Wiretap page. Yeah. Um, and I like that song because I can confirm 100% that the 40s blow. Uh, everything you guys can do to steer clear of hitting your 40s uh, outside of uh, ending it all, I definitely recommend <laughs> I'm avoiding like, the 40s. the it only sucks. way out. I guess it is. I I guess the 40s beats the alternative. I guess I'm on the right side of the grass. But uh, yeah, I, I wake up sore every day, especially with these cold days, man it's yeah. cold.
2: Yeah, it's been uh, um, miserable out there for you, but uh, my tomatoes are just blooming here again in <laughs> sunny California because it's uh, about 68 degrees out right now. I will just continue to rub it in until you move back. So
3: Yeah, hey, cool. Um, so about fucking off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the high today here was like 25 or something like that. It's been absolutely uh, yeah. miserable. <laughs> Uh, but good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And and you're <laughs> what like about twenty minutes from the beach. Yeah, some like, like that. like <laughs> that. Yeah, fabulous. Well, thank you very much for that. For reminding me. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, Catholic Guilt, good pick, Boss Man Dave. Uh, I really enjoyed the little guitar breakdown near the end. I thought that that was uh, pretty clever, and they just kind of snuck it in. I like those where you notice that they put a maximum amount, amount of effort into something that you know a lot of people probably aren't even going to recognize. I always like to take a second and, and recognize Give the brilliance of that. So good job, guys. Um, Okay, let's move things along here. I know Bob's probably ready with some more questions, so I'm going to try and get another song in before he slows down the progress of the episode. Uh, we're going to uh, move on to our number one fan, Spikes' pick of the episode. Um, Adrian Spikes are, are pretty much our only fan. I don't think we have a lot. I call him our, our number one <laughs> fan. I should probably just call him our only fan. You say uh, that, from, but
2: we're like we're approaching a thousand like you know downloads an episode.
1: Oh. I don't know. I don't look at numbers. I don't have time for
2: that shit. <laughs> well, um, but don't downplay us that much. Otherwise, people are like, "Am I the only one?" Like, no, there are others out there.
3: So um, he's he's the he's the only fan. I hear yes. a lot about this only fan. <laughs> <laughs> he is so, the yes. only fan. But he's, he maybe he, uh, he has an OnlyFans. fan.
1: <laughs> 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 um, no, I
2: are five dollars a month for his OnlyFan.
1: <laughs> uh, He's our, uh, our best uh, number one fan from up north in uh, Canada. And he sends us pics Ooh. because he knows how lazy we are. So he sends us emails all the time with uh, his pics of the episode. So um, this one, there wasn't a lot of information on. I couldn't find a Facebook um, page on these guys. So um, my facts are lacking. So I'm just going to read what Spike said in his email about this. Uh, so the name of the band is Street Justice. The name of um, the uh, EP... It Well, it's a self-titled EP, so. Spike said this blistering self-titled EP is full of pure straight edge vegan rage, which that pretty much just sealed the deal for me <laughs> on playing this shit. Uh, this album always gets me pumped and is the reason why I drive like a maniac. So first I want to say, Spike, don't drive like a maniac. Um, it's probably icy and snowy where you are. So we need you to keep sending us songs so that we can continue to be lazy. So take care of yourself, slow down, observe all the uh, pertinent traffic laws. While we do that I'm gonna play this song Spike but I need you to control yourself okay this is Street Justice the name of the track is Cut X Off The track was Cut X Off. The name of the band was Street Justice out of the uh, hard streets of Toronto, Ontario. Nothing like a little hardcore from uh, the hard streets of Toronto, right? Uh, And Bob just confirmed that they don't have a Facebook. He wanted to reiterate that point just so everybody knew that he was unable to find a Facebook page as well.
2: I wasn't saying that to everybody. I was saying that to UAP and I was, you know, I don't know. Just saying I found the thing. okay. Camp. You can say
1: I'm right. All right. I know it hurts. You're right. <laughs> you see what I have to do, Adrian, sometimes I was saying to get you're the recognition right. I deserve? I
2: was only saying you're right to me saying that I can say I'm right sometimes. I wasn't saying you're right <clears> about <throat> this particular okay. instance. All right. But you're right. I, I can it. say you're right.
1: Okay. So we just played a hardcore song. Uh, Adrian, I know that, um, I don't know, what, what do you guys classify plasma canvas as? I, I know classifications are so outdated, but in our, in our business here, we do have to sometimes put labels on music when we're describing them to our, our listeners. So what do you guys, um, describe plasma canvas
3: as it's, it's, a, it's got flavors of hardcore in it. I mean, yeah, but you know, it's also got flavors of like Leonard Skinner <laughs> and ZZ Top. I don't know. It was, we, it was so oh god I'm gonna be this person saying we're just a band we, we just we just play what comes naturally but you know it's honestly like Jude Jude and I both really love like post hardcore too yeah. and, and you know and stuff and that coupled with the fact that we're both like trashy Midwest kids who like grew up eating fucking Frito pie and corn dogs and shit like you know we we have like a soft spot for like Van Halen yeah. and like you know, we 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 like a lot of different kinds of stuff, but um, we we like to keep it energetic and loud, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, but and I
1: can uh, I can confirm you guys are definitely loud.
2: What are some of yeah. the What are some of the post hardcore bands that you're into?
3: Under oath, okay. And a lot under oath. Um, La dispute. Touche amore.
2: La dispute. I saw them live like I don't know how long ago. This must have been ten years ago. Now at this place called like. Rock Candy Records or something in Ventura. And they played with All Get Out and I don't remember what other bands. All Get Out's like a pop punk band. And uh, man, never have I seen a smaller guy with like a stronger voice. He was like the tiniest person I've ever seen on stage just like <laughs> screaming, you know, his like poetic. Like that's the interesting thing about Law Dispute is, is that they're like such a, um, I don't know. I mean, they've even done poetry like over their music as opposed to actually singing them. So, um, very fun stuff. And then Under Oath, I've got a really fun story. I was never that into Under Oath, but I saw them, uh, at, um, this venue in Los Angeles with Coheed and Cambria and, uh, Coheed at the time was just like releasing comic books and I was trying to get one and they, they ran out and one of the guys like, okay, like come back, meet me by the back gate and I'll try and find you one, um, Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but he was their merch guy. And so then I I went back there and up comes Chris uh, from Under Oath, who I don't even know if Chris is still in the band anymore, but he was uh, their keyboard player at the time. And I think he started the band. He's like, hey, what's going on, guys? And we're like, nothing, just waiting for this, blah, blah, blah. And this guy hung out with us for three hours, just um, (laughs) me and one of my friends, and we just sat there waiting. And he was the nicest person who I have ever just sat with in a band. Like... And he wasn't like, Oh, I gotta go in, like, party with my friends or this or that. He sat with two kids in a back alley and he's like, Oh, they have comic books? I didn't know that. Yeah, let me see if I could go get one and then he like comes back. We thought he was just gonna ditch us. He left a like I'm a young, like nerdy kid at the time, right? And so I'm just like I'm like, man, I'm meeting like a movie star right now. Like, this is a rock star. I'm like, will you be my voicemail on my phone? And he's like, what do you want me to say? I'm like, I don't know. Just be like, this is Chris from Under Oath. Leave a message. And he's like, what's up? This is Chris from Under Oath. You've reached <laughs> Bob's phone. Leave a message or die. And that was on my voicemail for like two years. That's Anyways. Uh, fun that's so cool. Fun. And then I loved them after that. After that, I was like, check out Under Oath. <laughs>
1: Uh, cool story Bob fun. we're not interviewing you on this episode <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh,
3: that was awesome though I'm, I'm so happy to know that that's that's amazing I mean
2: it was a highlight of my younger adulthood <clears throat> I thought it was fun for a while it's good to oh, know okay. when yeah, people right. in this scene are good
1: so I like, I guy, like this the story.
2: guy was a sweetheart
1: yeah <clears throat> um, okay Well, we'll play another song, and uh, we'll see what else we have to talk about after that. Uh, So we played a couple songs from uh, other countries. Let's bring things back here to the old good old U.S. of A. Good old U.S. of A. This is melodic punk quintet from Asheville, North Carolina, Cardboard Box Colony. Name of the song is Pathetic. was Cardboard Box Colony from Asheville, North Carolina with Pathetic. That was from the four-track self-titled EP released a little bit earlier this year. Um, I noticed that the record label that they listed that song was released under was Stimulus Package Records. So I'm thinking <laughs> that they might have released that one themselves sometimes around, sometime around spring when those... Uh, massive $1,200 checks came out. They're uh, like, everybody's still living mics? off their, everybody's still living off their $1,200, right? Everybody's Bullshit. still got plenty of that left.
3: <laughs> I didn't even get it. Oh, no, no way. Uh, I did. I did not even get it, dude. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy.
1: You pay taxes, right? You're supposed I, to get it.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I... I didn't fucking get it. Uh, well, Jesus. okay, so, you know, let's get real for a second. I have a, I have some issues where, like, I had a bank account a couple of years ago, and, like, um, I had, like, some auto-deducting bill, and it, like, overdrafted me, and then so they charged me, like, <laughs> 150 bucks and closed my account, and uh, I haven't had an extra 150 bucks in the meantime because, like, I'm a broke trans woman, <laughs> you know, doing delivery driving jobs, so, yeah. like... You know, I and now like it's been too long. They won't let me pay it, so I can't have a bank account anywhere. So I have to pay with everything and pay for oh, everything man. in cash. Mm. That's so insane, yeah. Man. I didn't get it.
2: So you're like, I can't pay you the hundred and fifty bucks because you won't let me have twelve hundred bucks. Like twelve hundred. <laughs>
3: there you
1: go. Now there's like <laughs> so if you reason, could just but... let me
2: have it, I could give it to you. I promise. Yeah,
1: that's, that's bridge, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> if only I had that twelve hundred dollars.
3: So you do uh, delivery right now. Yeah, I work for a company called uh, Noko Nosh.
2: What, what, uh, is it like food delivery, package delivery? Um, it's,
3: it's food delivery.
2: OK, and uh, is that has that been like pretty nice during like this whole pandemic COVID situation, like because you can easily stay socially distant or is it not easy to stay distant at, at this time with the delivery stuff?
3: I mean, you know, like any job, there are, there are pros and cons. I, I love that my office is my car. Yeah. And, like, I just get to drive around and listen to podcasts and music all yeah. day. Um, yeah, I listened to y'all's podcast <laughs> while, <laughs> while I was delivering food literally nice. yesterday. Nice. Um, awesome. Yeah, uh awesome. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, what I don't like is when people tip me like two dollars to drive across town yeah. <laughs> in in a fucking thunderstorm, and like you know, and it's always like the same neighborhoods that order from the same places, like yeah. all the cops all the cops order from like you know the nastier places and like you know all the all the all the bootlickers like order from the same restaurants and stuff so i know, i know like usually whenever i go to certain places like it's you know the tips not going to be very much and like whenever i'm delivering to certain neighborhoods i'm like okay they're going to you know, I was like, okay, $3 tip, $50 order. Wow. Yeah, that, you know, and, like, nine times out of ten, I show up, and there's, like, a thin blue line flag out front, <laughs> and I'm just like, yep, okay, <laughs> fucking bootlickers. They it. tip like shit.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's awful. Well, we're laughing, but, like, you know, it's your life and your money and your rent and all that stuff, so... I mean, that's, that's awful that that happens. But, um, what other podcasts
3: do you do? Um, so like listening to them yeah, or what? Uh-huh. Do you, do you have um, one that you actually do as well? <laughs> um, well, I'm, it's funny that you should ask about that. Mm-hmm. Cause like I, uh, you know, the purpose of downloading anchor was like, I want to get started, um, doing a podcast. Uh-huh. And the idea is I, um, so I, you know, a little bit about me is uh, I recently a few months ago found out that I'm autistic uh-huh. and um, that's explained a lot to me and like helped me uh, figure out a lot about myself, including yeah. like why I have a lot of obsessive, like specific special interests. Uh-huh. and um, you know, and what I would like to do, is I would like to interview other musicians about their favorite band ever, uh-huh. and like we're just gonna deep dive into everything about them because like if if somebody if somebody were to bring me onto a podcast and say, "All right, Adrian, let's talk about Jimmy Eat World," like I would talk for fucking ever.
2: I mean, that's what we should do here as well. But I like the idea of of that, like. I mean, you're here. If we want to talk about Jimmy World, let's talk about Jimmy <laughs> World,
3: right? Well, yeah. Well, the extra idea I had was like, you know, basically the, the subject would be like, we're going to talk about <coughs> this band uh-huh. with this person. And like in the episode, it would be like, okay, this person that I'm interviewing is also in a band and uh-huh. they're called this. And so if you're searching for, you know, this band, you know, like if you're searching for Alice in Chains, you might find like a band that has like those influences and so you know I just kind of I think that that idea is kind of fun and cool and I do too. You know, yeah,
0: yeah that so was that was neat. that
3: was my idea for a podcast it's not, just like nerding out with other musicians about our favorite musicians not that you'd
2: ever want to have me on but if you ever want to talk about <laughs> Operation Ivy or Saves the Day I would love to come on because those are ah. my two bands that I can nerd out and talk about for an hour or 2 hours or 3 hours and probably not get bored <laughs> and and learn new things or vice versa like if you've got bands like I said Jimmy World I like Jimmy World but I, I don't know enough about them other than I could be educated from you so I wouldn't need to go on I could just listen to your podcast do you have a name <laughs>
1: do
2: you have a name for it yet that you like tentatively want to go by or no
3: ah uh, yes and no I mean like I I had a couple of names but like I don't know. I just I haven't settled on one yet and so I don't want to like throw one out yeah. and tell people to go look at look up a podcast that doesn't exist. At the yeah. very
2: least when you do get it together and come out with one shoot it to us and then we'll share it on our Instagram.
3: Totally. Yeah. Totally.
2: Because, I mean, that's definitely something I'm sure our listeners would be interested in. And also, like, I mean, if you're listening to this and you have a band and like, hey, this might be a really good. Like I said, we've got like close to a thousand listeners. This will be a really good um, segue. Like, do you have um, a Twitter handle or an Instagram that you want to drop where if like someone in a band's listening to this and like, oh, dude, I'd love to talk about Jimmy World or uh, this or that. Like, do you have a handle you can drop so people could reach you if they wanted to?
3: Uh, right now, um, you know, just follow Plasma Canvas, just at Plasma Canvas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, hopefully TikTok soon. That's where everybody is. I need yeah. to make a TikTok and jump on there. <laughs> yeah. um, you're you're going to dance to some I, I videos? Will, I will tell you. I will straight up tell you. And this is like I, I'm being 100% right now, like where wherever the young people are that's where you got to go. If you're trying to stay relevant, Yeah, yeah. if that's you're, true. if you're trying to, if you're trying to like, you know, meet people and connect and shit and like, do what other people are doing it 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 really helps to be on those platforms because like i i've i've been very hesitant about a lot of things and i've you know just sort of started to embrace like doing things that make me uncomfortable because like you know i that's that's the only way we're ever gonna like grow as a band is if we like keep trying new stuff and seeing what works and you know, mm-hmm. keep an open mind and let ideas come in. So, there's like,
2: a, there's a new one we might all try. I think it's called Parlor. Uh,
1: we should go on that. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <See you. laughs> we got it. Yeah, what's oh, your Parlor oh. handle? <laughs> Pl- plasma oh. canvas at Parlor.
3: <laughs> oh God! Well, if uh, you're listening to this, please do not make us a Parlor account. <laughs>
1: Uh, too funny. Oh God. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. that's a, gotta be a shit show these days. <clears throat> hey, um,
2: you're going to kill me, uh, AP, but you, okay, so you've got one you're doing, but quick, give me three podcasts you do listen to.
3: Oh, me? Yeah. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I thought you were talking AP. For no, a I'm going 90. Uh, I'm just saying
2: he's going to kill me for asking you more uh, questions. Right love the songs.
3: Okay. So, um, I listen to, like, six different news podcasts every single day because nice. I'm a news nerd. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's awesome. Which ones? Um, uh, I, I try to listen to a few different ones to get a little bit of a different view. But That's uh, awesome. I listen to uh, Today Explained, um, Start Here, Up First... A lot of NPR. Um, NPR is
2: great. I do uh, uh, NPR, <clears throat> Hidden Brain, Invisibilia, Code Switch. Um, louder than I love Riot. Code Switch. Code Switch is great, man. It's a it's a good perspective for me too, right? Because I'm just a white guy in a white guy's world in California, um, and so I get like a nice point of view with that one
3: yeah code switch has been really helpful in my like Mm -hmm. don't make my white guilt black people's problem department (laughs) right you know like I I, I listened to like one out one one episode where the dude was like don't talk to me about race unless you're gonna pay me and I was like all right, you know it's my it's my you know I gotta use my time to like figure that shit out and I'm not gonna like keep it (laughs) you know I'm not gonna make it somebody else's problem yeah
2: no (laughs) you're totally right So, cool, awesome We're on the same page with that stuff That's good Uh,
1: Okay, are we back to music now, Bob? Yeah, sorry Done with your questions Ah. for this segment? There'll be more (laughs) opportunity Don't you worry, little birdie I know Um, Okay, let's kick things across the pond For this next one Uh, I'm feeling a little bit of ska Ska always gets me in a good mood So I am ready for that Uh, The name of this track is Good Luck The name of the song, Last Edition I Quartet is from Lee Leicester, Leicester, UK. I don't know. Me I don't know anything about the UK. Um, but my buddy Cody in the Hempsteadies is going to love them because we uh, always say there needs to be more sax and punk rock in general, not just ska, but m- more sax and punk all around. Yeah. Um, you tend to find it a little bit more in ska, but. Well, I was uh, going to say,
2: can you have sax in punk without it becoming ska?
1: Yeah, sure, why not? I don't know. Right. Uh, you're going to have to uh-huh. drop me an example. Yeah, I'll have to find one. I'm sure I have one somewhere. <laughs> and we'll play um, it right here. <laughs> oh, fuck. Maybe. Pressure's on. Um, but uh yeah, no, I found those guys. They're uh, another one that's been around a while. I think they've been around since around uh, I don't know 2007 something like that. Um, but you don't you, I I had never heard heard of them. Um, and they have really good silky smooth vocals uh the drummer gets after it the sax of course is phenomenal um all of their music is really catchy so uh, another underrated band um that i think everybody should listen to more uh last edition the name of the song was good luck so go listen to them right i I, shouldn't have to tell you this shit
2: i feel like half of my albums of the year this year are gonna be ska it's that's fine. I, I mean I feel bad sometimes because like I don't know how I got so into ska and how that just became my life, but apparently uh it is. I don't
1: know. Yeah, yeah. Um my albums of the year this year is gonna be awful. Adrian, do you have any contenders?
3: I alright, so I uh <laughs> I gotta say, if you're gonna if you're gonna um put ska in the thing and like your albums you, you gotta have silver linings by less than jake their new record that they just dropped the other day yeah, yeah. um uh, yeah yeah it's it's really great um and uh you know I, the fact that we just like played a show with them i'm like the boys you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i gotta i gotta shout them out even though they're like hella hella huge and like we're you know playing basements but <laughs> a shout out less than Jake. Well,
2: not if you're playing a, a live stream with them. I mean, that's got to be fucking awesome, still,
1: right? That's gotta, well, yeah, good. Yeah, and she's being a feel? little modest. They opened up for against me at the summit on yeah, New Year So that's a pretty big show here in Denver every year.
3: It was that was a really good time, and um, you know, sincere engineer is one of my new favorite yeah. bands too. And yeah. uh, uh, but uh, the the thing with the live stream, so we were supposed to do a tour with Lagwagon and Less Than Jake and there were 3 dates that had the Bouncing Souls on it wow. and a Leftover Crack and Pkpkpkpy p- p- and Crazy in the Brains. So like, yes. you know, it was it was going to be a really awesome yeah. tour and it was going to be like a month long, but you know, it the end of the world happened, so <laughs> uh i was i was really like very touched and flattered and humbled that they wanted to have us be the opening band on their live stream because you know it i i spent the whole year just being like damn that would have been so cool and like we were so close to like just having a little taste of that life and like getting that exposure and putting ourselves in front of so many people and like just the fact that they were willing to give us that shot again and like, you know, this was the only live stream event that they did all year. And so less than Jake, if you're listening to this, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It meant the world to us to, exactly. to have that happen. So do you feel thanks, like guys. was that like a big uh,
2: so I don't know. Do you do you ever feel like you um, struggle with depression at all?
3: Oh yeah, I actually, um, whenever I was diagnosed with, uh, autism spectrum disorder, I also, uh, received, um, so it was a triple diagnosis of autism spectrum, um, persistent depressive disorder uh-huh. and social anxiety disorder. Okay. So, well, wow. like a
2: yeah. nice package. They're like, here you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am, um, uh, my master's is in clinical psychology and I, uh, I do, um, Uh, behavior work with uh, kiddos with ASD. So um, that's my line of work. I've done that for 15 years. So I'm familiar with all of that. And I I mean, I feel like just in general, um, depression is a really big thing and anxiety that like a lot of people in the world of punk rock struggle with. Um, Especially in bands, it tends to be that music is sort of an outlet um, for, you know, (laughs) emotions that are challenging to talk about or cope with. And so um, was that when all of that happened do you feel like that was sort of like a big um like trigger or an event or point of like frustration or depression when that happened because like i can't imagine look i played a lot of of music my whole life I've, i've done it i say my whole life but like for the last 20 years i've played music and there were times where like that's all i wanted to do and i really pursued it and there were times where i didn't but i can't imagine being like here it is like you fucking got something that you've been working with. You're going to go tour with less than Jake and bouncing souls. And like, even if it's just a few shows with bouncing souls with lag, I couldn't imagine even any of my no. bands, like we're going to play with lagwagon. And I'd be like, this is fucking it. Like I did it and and we made it. And, and then to have it canceled, like, I don't know. I just can't imagine what that would be like. You know,
3: I got to tell you. So, you know, whenever we got the Lagwagon Less Than Jake tour, it was like, it was so cool because the guy that we had just started working with came to us with this offer and he was like, hey, I just want you to know, like, this stuff never comes this fast. Yeah. And like, you know, it was really rad. And he also works with like a ton of other huge major bands that I've loved my whole life, cough cough Sum 41. And it was <laughs> like, you know what if we could open for like some of the other artists that this dude works with like that'd be super cool and um you know so like whenever we got that show it was just like the biggest wonderful set of possibilities coming our way and like we were so excited about it and like you know i remember around the same time the only thing that i was bummed about was against me was about to go on tour with baroness and they were going to be in fort collins like two days after our tour started so oh. like you know and i was like oh no i'm gonna miss that because yeah. i love both of those bands but you know and then like much worse things happened. Yeah. but <laughs> just to have you know just to be so close and then like not have that it was heartbreaking and like i you know it it fucked up my whole plan for like my health and my my sanity for the whole year because like yeah the the plan was I was going to get a gym membership to like one of those super popular chain gyms that I could just like hop into in every city Mm -hmm. and like just work out there and take care of myself but instead COVID happened and since you know it's not recommended for me to go anywhere or do anything or interact with anyone I stayed home and got really fat and I like made a bunch of food and you know I've just accepted that like that's what I'm going to do this year to like be okay and survive until next year, whenever it's time to like go on tour and you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm starting to take care better care of myself now and like really start looking toward the future. But Mm -hmm. you know, I've accepted the fact that like sometimes we deal with, you know, weight gain and like, and you know, body image issues and I've had that stuff all my life and you know, it's just about trying to get a little Mm -hmm. bit to more of a gentle place with yourself Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, especially during a pandemic right now and my guitar is broken i broke my guitar during the less the jake oh, live look. stream so like i don't even have a working guitar oh, right God. now paypal at plasma canvas at <laughs> gmail.com yeah. You know? yeah
1: we forgot that page make sure we get that one yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah it's uh i think 2020 is a year that you we're gonna kind of forgive anything that anybody wants to do to make themselves feel a little bit more comfortable or, or a little bit, um, more sane. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no, like you got no reason not to, you know? So I, uh, I've put on a few pounds myself and, uh, my wife is super into fitness and she's trying, she's trying so hard. God bless her. But, uh, there's no keeping up with the amount of shit that I'm putting in my face. Uh, I'd have to be working out constantly.
2: Me too. My mom the other day sent me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, What what about your mom? Did she uh, she... did she find my underwear under the bed?
2: Har har har! What are we in second grade? (laughs) Jesus, (laughs) come
1: on! All right. So now that we've talked about Bob's mom's balls, let's get back into the music. Uh, We're going to keep it right there. I don't think that was on the air, AP. Uh, Yeah, it was. You were talking about cake balls. Huh. Yeah, maybe Uh, it was. Yeah, (laughs) see, now you just ruined the illusion. Uh, yeah. You're such a goober. Uh, so, as I was saying, we're going to keep things right there in the UK. Uh, really excited about this uh, next song. Um, so, it, I guess it's not his band, but uh, Nick Davis from River Jumpers um, is in a new band. He's, uh, of course, uh, providing the vocals. I, I guess it's kind of a, a super group. Uh, it features members from Bad Ideas, Dearest, Make Home, a uh, few others. Um, but super excited because I love the River Jumpers. I was a little bit sad when I heard that they were uh, going to call it quits. Um, and now Nick Davis is back in this new band, and it sounds a lot like River Jumpers. So bully me, that's lovely. I'm so excited. You should be more excited by <laughs> me just nodding your head. I want you to join in the excitement with me when we play Hope is Hope from Hell's Ditch. That one was Hope is Hope from UK's Hell's Ditch. A brand new single. There's a couple of them. Uh, I think you should definitely put all of them in your ears because uh, I think they're fantastic. And I'm super excited to have uh, a quasi river jumpers band back in my life. Um, Adrian, do you have any bands like that that you like super get into and then they call it quits? Or, or even worse, a band that you get into after they've call it, called it quits and you never get to see them live?
3: Yes, and, um, I will tell you... Oh So, mine, without a doubt, is gonna have to be Gloss. Yeah.
1: Gloss was badass. Man. Well, and that was a small window to catch Gloss. <laughs> they yeah. weren't around very long. Like maybe a year or two? Tops? Yeah,
3: I mean, like, in the big grand book of punk rock history, I hope that there's a fucking chapter about Gloss and, like, how much... I mean, you know, like, Laura Jane Grace did a lot for, like, trans people and everything, too. Um, and and like against me was super important um but gloss was like that diy band that was very like very much relatable to a lot of trans women who like wanted something a little bit more aggressive than against yeah. me and like <laughs> yeah. well that's you know, <laughs> that's more aggressive than against me <laughs> i mean i have i you know don't get me wrong i absolutely fucking adore against me right. but like um you know there was just that primitive rage to gloss that was just like we don't like we don't fucking care if we pass we just want to be left the hell alone by Mm -hmm. assholes Mm -hmm. and like we're gonna go to your like shitty hardcore show and like show everybody up and just like leave the ground cracked and and torn and like we're gonna go to the next town and we're just gonna like be super trans positive about it and like I don't I don't know there's just I I found so much power in that band and just the fact that, you know, they they did so much so fast and, like, they've left such... Yeah, yeah, that demo right there. Good, good, good. The the fact that they just did so much in such a short period of time and left such a lasting impact, like, there are probably way more gloss patches on people's vests and shit now than there ever were when they were together. That's
1: cool. Yeah, they are... um they were fucking amazing. I enjoyed them a bunch. Too. Where were they from? I think, I think Olympia. Okay. Yes, yeah, somewhere up there in the yeah northwest for sure. Awesome. Um, yeah. When what is it? What it was? What it? What was it that Gloss stood for? It was like girls.
3: Girls living outside society. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I love a good. What is that an acronym? I love a good acronym yeah. and a name. Um, yeah, Bob, you're gonna love them. You gotta crank them. Uh,
2: Well, I already like the names, too. Line Lips, Spiked Bats.
1: I'm like, all right. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was just fucking brutal. I'm calling
3: um, it right now. Plasma Canvas is one day going to cover "Outcast Stop" from that EP because I <laughs> love that song.
1: That's awesome. Now's the time to do it. You can release it as a single. That's all the rage right now is releasing just kind of random singles. So,
2: was there ever a <laughs> band that became something from Gloss? Meaning, like AP just said, um, what was it? Riverboat Gamblers? Um, or am I just making up another band? River
1: jumpers. River jumpers. Riverboat River Gamblers is a band. No, I know. I
2: thought it was, so. River jump. <laughs> um went into Hell's Ditch or, or one of the people, so did Gloss turn into something else or is there nothing else affiliated at the time?
3: their vocalist uh sadie did i think like some solo stuff and Uh it was it was like more it was just like some chill indie rock um which like it was cool i liked it i just uh i you know i really resonated with gloss like as a punk kid and um so i you know honestly haven't really looked into it i just like for what gloss was i was like this this is the thing
1: yeah you know Yeah. yeah absolutely i agree um Okay, so I guess I I guess we'll call this a news segment. We'll go ahead and get in. It's kind of pared down. There wasn't a ton of news. Things are still pretty slow, Um, but I thought there was some stories, so we'll do a short news segment. How about that? Okay, and I always like to, you know, if we're gonna do sad news, I like to put it at the beginning so that we can kind of move on from that. It's so hard to move on from that. I know. Well, but it's also better than ending on sad news, right? So, what are your options? I guess you're right. Um, So, sadly, um, Eric uh, Alec. Bailey of Leftover Crack and Choking Victim passed away um, I guess it was probably about five or six weeks ago now. Um, yeah. Of course he played for uh, Leftover Crack since its inception uh, he had been a member of Choking Victim uh, no commercial value in Agent 99 um, so uh, Leftover Crack came out with a statement um, You know a, a course you could go read that on their their websites I'm not going to read the whole thing Um, but yeah it hit the community pretty hard Um, there was I I don't know I never followed up to see if there was more um, information with regards to his passing but at the bottom of the uh, statement that was released by the band um, they did want to make everybody know of um, some resources that are available for like the suicide hotline and and the substance abuse and mental health services administration so um uh, unfortunately it sounds like you know he might have been a victim to uh, either an overdose or something like that mm-hmm. so uh, of course we're all familiar with that in in our um, scenes specifically you know it's not uncommon and um, there's been a few this year that have kind of hit us hard and um, you know the end of the year is no different than the beginning of the year we're gonna keep losing them so a uh, little bit of sad news uh, especially from for me, one of my favorite bands. I love uh, Leftover Crack and Choking Victim um, a lot, and I've been uh, very sad to hear of his passing. So. Um, hope his family is doing well and his friends uh, obviously and if you need help with uh, any uh, mental health issues like that definitely check out um, their website and their post because there's some good information on there with contact uh, numbers and things like that so don't be afraid to reach out to people especially in times like this we said it earlier uh, there's no excuse to not do what you don't uh, what you want to do for yourself this year you know kind of Uh, The handcuffs are off this year. If it makes you feel good, um, I think you should definitely do it. Uh, As long as it's healthy, you know. I don't want people going out and doing unhealthy things. But, um, yeah, try and better yourself and, uh, you know, do the best you can. And if you can't, there are resources available to you. We certainly don't want to lose anybody else. So Um, that's the bad news. I know. It sucks. I know. But it's news. It had to be covered. So now... Let's move on to something a little bit happier. Um, These are kind of uh, uh, stories that are are kind of linked together, in my opinion. So uh, Hot Water Music covered uh, a Stevie Wonder song, uh, the 1976 song, Sir Duke, which is pretty cool. I always love it when uh, punk bands... um, cover songs outside their genre so you know obviously I love me first in the gimme gimmies but when bands that aren't known for doing uh, covers explicitly do songs like that um, I get really hyped for it and especially Stevie Wonder because I love Motown and Stevie Wonder that's what
2: I was gonna um, say so, motown is your thing
1: yeah well it's it, punks my thing It's well, whenever I need to not punk, listen yes. every once in a while you have to I need to stop listening to punk for a day or two and, and when I do it's usually uh, Motown so yeah this was a pretty neat little crossover um there was um uh, J.R. Wazalewski from Less Than Jake played horns uh in the song um so yeah a little uh little bit different uh, <laughs> than what you're accustomed to hearing from them and then linked to the story like i said uh tsunami bomb released a cover of a Hall and oats classic uh out of touch was the name of that song um so got a couple of bands that have uh, recorded covers of songs that aren't necessarily within our genre and i love that um, what is one of your favorite cover songs done by a punk band adrian that is not a punk song and it's, you uh, can go to a me first and gimme gimmies. That's fine. I won't consider it cheating if you have to.
3: I'm going to say, actually, no. I'm going to say um, anything, any song from the Children of Odom's Skeletons in the Closet record. Uh, <laughs> they, they did um, Hell is for Children by Pat Benatar. Uh-huh. Uh, th- they did... Um, Ghost Riders in the Sky uh, but I really dug their cover of Looking Out My Back Door by CCR
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't oh even God. imagine that I'm going to have to check that out
3: is it like it's, it's, are they just screaming like do 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 I mean they also did a cover of Oops I Did It Again by Britney Spears and it was like it, you know and they did that before that was like you Funny. know the punk ghost pop yeah. thing yeah. like yeah. They, they did that like way before it and um, yeah, it was just—I don't know—it's—it's it's super funny. They—they have a really good sense of humor, and so I, I call them a punk band. <laughs> That's funny. Fair enough, we'll—we'll we'll allow it. Mm. <laughs> um,
1: Bob, I don't. Bob, you probably have an opinion. What's one of yours? I don't. I know we're not interviewing you. But.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like maybe an adaptation where it's like uh, you know and. I hate it because i just reference this band so much but operation ivy um they do the nancy sinatra song (laughs) these boots are made for walking and that's all they do they just sing that over and over again but it's operation ivy so i love it Um, oh you know
3: you know what my favorite rendition of that specific song is ever uh uh um never fight a man with a perm by idols Um, oh wow yeah
2: so, um, I, I definitely got into idols in the last few years just because of like that weird industrial, like English, um, like style of punk where it's like really, I don't know, it can be like slow, but hypnotizing at times. It's been really fun. And that got me into shame. I don't know if you've listened uh to them or not, um, but they're a really fun band. So I've listened to idols a lot, but I've never stumbled upon that song. Is that, uh, is that the same, um, uh, a band we're talking about, Idols, the one from um, UK.
3: Yes. Okay. And uh, so their their album is, um, with that song on it is called "Get This Joy as an Act of Resistance."
2: Joy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cool yeah, fucking. Yeah, they
3: name. they are a cool fucking band. I I love them because they they're like seeking to redefine masculinity and uh-huh. like they're you know just all about like healthy masculinity and stuff like that and like. Just calling out violence and violence against women and and uh, and racism and xenophobia and things like that and like they're they're really cool. Um, but that song is called "Never Fight a Man with a Perm" and it's uh, making fun of like beefcake dudes that are just like unnecessarily asshole macho types. And uh, there's a part in the song and the and the dude Joe Joe uh, Talbot um, has their their front person um he has this uh this really thick wonderful cockney accent i think it's cockney don't beat me up if i get <laughs> my like english stuff wrong um but like he has this amazingly wonderful working class accent and so when you hear him say uh these boots are made for stomping so that's just what they'll do one of these days, these boots are going to stomp all over you. You He's like,
2: literally now (laughs) that you just said that, I'm like, I actually have fucking listened to that song from them. I know the song. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. I saved it to my playlist anyways, to listen to it again, but I definitely know that (laughs) song from them.
3: The lyrics are so good. It's so it's like a, it's the lyrics remind me of like a rap battle, yeah. <laughs> like where he's like, "You are a catalog, plastic Sinatra," <laughs> and like it, 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 it's so funny. Uh,
2: I'm gonna listen more <clears throat> attentively this time through. I appreciate it.
1: There you go. Um, all right. So in some uh, in news. I guess uh, I guess it's new news, but also older news. Um, surprising news, uh, at least. Um, Superior Viaduct Records announced that they will release the first ever officially released Screamers recordings. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are familiar. The Screamers were uh, an exceptionally influential band in the early L.A. punk scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were founded by uh, Tomata Duplenty, Uh, Tommy Gear, David Brown, and KK Barrett. Um, The band broke up before releasing any records. Uh, I think they were working on a film or or something like that that was never completed. Uh, um, Tamada Dupleni passed away in 2000, so uh, there was this void where there was no uh, official records. Uh, And now it seems Superior Viaduct Records has picked that up and they are going to rectify that situation. So uh, the uh, first ever official recordings will be released. Uh, The name of the album is gonna be Demo Hollywood 1977 and it's gonna be out January 22nd, 2021. So looking forward to that. I know, uh, I never obviously saw him. I was too young, but, uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of them from my time in LA.
2: Yeah. One of my friends in high school, um, he burnt me a, a bunch of albums that I needed to listen to. Um, and they weren't punk rock albums. It was like the Stooges, um, and, or not like hard punk rock albums, the Pixies, uh, yeah. you know, there's probably a Dead Kennedys album in there. So there's some punk. Um, and then the screamers were one of them and it was just like a bunch of live stuff, um, compiled together, obviously not an actual album, but stuff he had found off the internet. And so I sort of listened to him and got into him, but I'm like, man, this is so hard because it's all just live shit. And then my next exposure to them was when I read, uh, under the big black sun, um, mm-hmm. yeah. from, uh, John Donuck zine, um, from, from X and, um, yeah, I mean, in that book, they sort of talk about, like, Darby Crash, like, was really influenced um, by their singer and, like, his stage antics. And I remember, um, it must be a scene, or maybe it was somebody else. This is a really great book, by the way, if you haven't read it. I'm sure I brought it up before, but it's called Under the Big Black Sun. Yeah. And, um... It really just traces back punk through I, pretty much everybody who is out here. They have different people write different chapters. and So maybe it was x or maybe it was one of the gals from the Go-Go's, um, but they're recounting one of the shows where uh, I believe it's... Uh, then they, they taped up all these black garbage bags on the stage and then started playing, and the singer stabbed through the garbage bags mid-song, and just slowly, while singing over the course of like a minute, brought it down to the front and ripped the plastic bags open. He had peanut butter smeared all over himself, which later became like a Darby crash type of antic. Yeah. Um, Sounds like something he'd do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think that's interesting. I don't know if like, it's the rest of the band that approved it because their singer passed away a while ago. I think you said that. Yeah. Um,
1: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works, but it's, um, mm -hmm. I I guess, I don't know. It is kind of a weird weird story, because you don't hear um, of people releasing albums, what is that, the 41 years after?
2: Yeah, and it's like, so is it going to be unreleased shit, or are they just going to relieve all the live stuff that's been leaked? If that's the case, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like, just put it out there for free, but I don't know. Right.
1: Well, so they did have a track list. Uh, It's Magazine Love, Uh Punish or Be Damned, Uh Anything, Anything. Mater Dolores does it
2: say that they're all live versions and or peer pressure demo versions it or? says
1: demo Hollywood 1977 is the name of the album so maybe these are some demos alright
2: well that's better than what I have Seems because like I think it. all I have is live shit
1: Well, there you go. Now you have something to look forward to. January 22nd, 2021. Exciting,
2: exciting, exciting.
1: Um, Okay, cool. Last story here is kind of a funny one. Um, And I'm going to get Adrienne to weigh in some here because she's a little bit more in the industry than we are. Um, But uh, Victory Records... Um, is going through a a wholesale process, it looks like. So they sold their whole catalog uh, associated um, with the record label to Concord Music, and I think that was a little bit earlier in the year. Uh, But now, uh, Victory founder, Tony Brummel, um, he's uh, founded a new uh, record label called Mission 2 Entertainment. Um, But now he's going through a wholesale and selling off everything at that used to be at the Victory Records headquarters, um, Bob and I looked through the, the auction list, and it's it's everything, like, literally, like, hands, hand sanders and staplers and stuff like that. It's, it's uh, anything from the office supplies up to actual gold records that he had hanging on the wall. Adrian um, looks so like she
2: wants that stapler.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, all bids have ended, He's so you sense. can't bid on the stapler. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like... Um, uh, Tony over at uh, what used to be Victory Records is, is trying to Liquidate um, And uh, Victory Records headquarters Was uh, a direct uh, Recipient of that liquidation It looks like So um, I don't know Adrian have you heard anything uh, About Victory Records in your time in the scene I know you, you guys work with Side One Dummy who uh, Obviously that's an uh, impeccable Record label um, But I've heard
3: some pretty bad things about Victory Records what have you heard that's what I've heard too, and honestly, you and I have probably heard like the same things about Victory Records. I I can say 100% that Side One Dummy Records are amazing people, and they do a lot for us, and and they've like helped us a lot with like just guidance and like <laughs> you know steering the ship a little bit, and um you know helping us kind of grow and do the things we want to do and focus a little bit. Um, but as far as Victory Records goes, all I've heard is like, yeah, that guy ripped us off. Like, <laughs> or like that guy like came after us or something. It's I just, you know, I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want right. the fucking guy from Victory Records breaking down my fucking door. But like, sure. you know,
1: yeah, <laughs> no, I've um, and and, you know, all I have to hear is, you know, secondhand because I obviously have no. Interaction with record label owners that. Right. But um, I've heard from a lot of people from within this theme that keep telling me kind of these same things. So when you hear the same stories uh, over and over about the same uh, individual or, or label, uh, you tend to, to believe it and, and maybe put a little bit more weight into it. So. Um, I don't know. It. I guess, I wouldn't say like I'm happy to see like he's kind of having to auction off everything, but every once in a while it's nice to see somebody get their comeuppance, you know? If you're kind of a dick and you've yeah. screwed people over, it doesn't hurt my feelings. If you kind of have to uh, readjust your whole life and try and make a little bit of money so that you can live, so. Uh, tough shit, buddy. You should have been a cooler guy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you wouldn't be in that position, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's, you see, Basically, Your Honor, uh, fuck them. Right, <laughs> exactly.
1: I guess that's the technical term. Thank you. She's got. Uh, she's got a point. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Fuck them. That's pretty much. I could have summed the whole thing up with one statement. That's a lot more expeditious. Um, okay, cool. Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting story. That's uh, uh, a, a story of comeuppance. Is always nice. Totally. That was the um, label
2: that was yeah suing. Hmm. Um, streetlight for a million dollars for not recording a real record
1: right yeah because they recorded or they did like a best of or something like that right
2: i think they did uh i don't know it was like a covers album or something. Yeah, and I the owner was like exactly.
1: no it had to be new music yeah but yeah.
2: that's also remember we had the mean jeans on here yeah and they're, and they're like yeah vanessa's like so jingles yeah when you're gonna release a real record and they're like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it all. an awesome uh, album.
0: Uh, I dude, that's um, the
2: album I listen to the most. I show everybody that <laughs> album. If Adrian, if you've not heard Mean Jeans's album Jingles, definitely check it out. It will become the soundtrack to your twenty twenty one
3: nah bro I told you I'm busy listening to Futures by Jimmy Eat World (laughs)
1: can't can't listen to anything Uh, new in 2020 sorry I'm
3: I'm listening to Futures by Jimmy Eat World and Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by (laughs) My Chemical Romance and that's it
1: no room for anything new sorry (laughs) check me next year
2: well Um, they they feel familiar so the jingles is just sales pitches for bands like the first song just goes coors like coors like yeah you do me just right and then you'll be like yeah i've known this song my whole entire life so it might feel familiar yeah.
1: you find yourself singing uh jingles <laughs> that are stupid it's, jingles it's <laughs> so great though it's ingenious uh, um okay so we just uh touched briefly on side one dummy records let's go ahead and listen to uh one of their bands one of my favorite one of their bands uh, let's kick some plasma canvas so before we started recording i asked adrian which one she wanted me to play because i always try to extend that um uh, that op- opportunity to the bands to to play whatever song they want to play but i already had this one queued up anyway because me and adrian are on the same level so this one is Killer Majestic. This is from the new five-track EP of the same name, via Side One Dummy Records. And it's from Plasma Candles. Let's hear it. The song was Killer Majestic, and that was from Plasma Canvas, who is uh, the uh, band of our favorite co-host for this episode, Adrian. So, Adrian, tell us a little bit about the song Killer Majestic. I always like to know kind of like the thought process behind uh, the, not only like the, the the lyrics behind it, but the actual uh, song writing, like building the song. So... Um, Briefly, I know you don't have to dig too deep into it. I know it's probably a pretty long conversation to get into, but um, how do you kind of approach that writing process and with this song specifically?
3: So um, it's, it's kind of a, a, you know, that song in itself is like just just so much wrapped, in up, wrapped up in it, but like basically, um, so that song, Killer Majestic used to be called The Killer, comma, Majestic, and that was the first track on our very first record. And, you know, like, I love that record for what it is. It's, a, it's like a grungy punk record that's not mixed super amazingly. And it's just kind of rough around the edges. But, you know, it's all, it's all weird and disjointed and, and fun like that. But, you know, I wanted to take that song and maximize the punch Mm -hmm. and um just keep make it as loud and as angry and visceral and primal and dangerous as possible and like um you know since it was written when I was starting Plasma Canvas like it was the first song I had written specifically for Plasma Canvas and it was um, you know, both lyrically and musically, I just wanted it to feel like a giant exclamation point. I wanted it to feel like kicking down the fucking door and just like introducing ourselves to the world in a way that's like you can love this or you can hate this, but it's not, it's not gonna be ignored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and also it was the first song that I had written that I knew that was going to be recorded and released after I came out as trans. Mm. And um, uh, well, I mean, I, I wrote a song called "False" that I, you know, I wrote like right after I realized I was trans. But like, this was the first song I had written for Plasma Canvas, and it was like, you know, I wanted to start out this record with um, just a big announcement of like, we're the loudest, gayest punk band in the world, and we're not going to be ignored. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of like The thesis of it is like I'm going to do what I want to do And nobody's going to tell me that I'm wrong For expressing myself because I'm a loud Queer, fat, autistic woman And I don't give a fuck
1: <laughs> Dan awesome. Skippy I love it And it, I, thought, I think you did a good job In uh, making it an exclamation point Because it fucking hits hard It's a really good fucking yeah. song So kudos to you Excellent fucking work Thank you
2: So um, so you re-recorded that song um, It came out this year Did you record it this year or last year?
3: So the the five track EP Killer Majestic Was recorded with Bill Stevenson of Descendants um, And Andrew Berlin and Jason Livermore At The Blasting Room in Fort Collins, Colorado mm-hmm. In November 2019 And released on June 12, 2020 all right. Uh, that, that felt really, like, computer-like and analytical. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but, that's but just well, the way I cl- store and classify information in my brain. And,
2: so. and well, and it all says 2020. But that was my assumption is, like, we've had everything going on. So my assumption was uh, because you said, like, you know, you've been um, staying home as much as possible and all that. Like, that. yeah, you released it uh, after you recorded it. It was recorded last year and took some time to get it finished up. Yeah. Um, and I know like this year's been really a challenge, I would imagine, to work on new music, um, but uh, are, like, do you have um, a lot of music sort of ready to go for next year when things pick back up? or are you just kind of waiting till uh, you two can get back together and write? Or like, what's the idea here?
3: Well, um, songwriting has been like pretty much the only thing that I've ever been good at, aside from cooking, which I've gotten better at over the last year. <laughs> Um, I've, I've become a really good cook, by the way. Yeah. Uh, what's your, but, what's your, uh, I'm yeah. going to
2: sidetrack for, for one or two seconds. What is your favorite thing to cook and what's the best thing you cook?
3: Um, the best thing I cook is probably my chicken parmigiana. Uh-huh. That sounds delicious. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It, um, and I also like, I'm from the Midwest, so uh-huh. I make like a really good Midwest chili. Uh-huh. Ooh. Um, just, yeah, that's, that's my jam. That's my favorite thing to make. Is Are like you making cornbread fucking... with that chili or just, uh, uh just No, chili. and here's, here's my thing with both barbecue. <laughs> All right. So I got strong feelings about food. Uh, you know, like my thing with barbecue and my thing with chili, uh, you know, Barbecue specifically, you don't need the pickles and the onions and the bread and like you know, if you make the the meat good enough, you don't have to add any extra shit to it. And mm-hmm. so like whenever I make my chili, you know, I, I brown like a bunch of ground beef and then, you know, I'll I'll add um, you know, my garlic powder and my salt and pepper and cumin and, and stuff to the to the to the beef to, to let it flavor and everything and then I'll um you know, I'll I'll add my tomatoes to kind of flavor that and then i'll put it all in a crock pot and i'll add like all the beans and all the tomato paste and tomato stuff and all my spices and my jalapeno and my serrano peppers because i like it spicy I'll nice, yeah, put my yeah. onion in there um and it yeah, gives it
2: serranos are a nice different flavor too from jalapenos people always are just like eh, jalapenos like dude serranos add some good flavor don't just go basic so i like that
3: but I was totally answering a different question. Like, <laughs> well, I get sidetracked because you've been cooking, and I
2: love food. Like as soon as you said cooking, I <laughs> went downhill. Well, I've been cooking yeah. a lot this year too, man. It's it's uh, it's so exciting to uh, you know be able to make something and then sit down and really enjoy um, like the fruits of your labor and be like. I made that. Like I've made, I've made beer before. I've grown pot. Like anytime I can get myself drunk or high, I'm like, I did this to myself. Like this is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, so I can make good food and I can fill myself up, and it's just like. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. And I enjoy when other people can do uh, to do that as well. Um, and so, yeah, I always want to like hear about what people
1: are doing and enjoy their stuff. So anyway, sorry to
2: sidetrack yeah. you. and sorry Do to you even you. remember
1: the original question, dumb shit? <laughs> uh. <laughs> and that the wasn't original. you. I wasn't calling Adrian a dumb shit. It my, was Bob. My original
2: <laughs> question to her was uh, if she has more music to come and what the process has been like 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 are you writing a dream by yourself right now or are you waiting to get together with oh. um is it, it it's uh, jude jude correct
3: yeah uh and we both use she her pronouns uh-huh. so um, are you
2: waiting to like get together and write with her do you kind of write by yourself does she also write um some of the songs at all or is she just strictly on the drums
3: well, so basically, I, you know, uh, <laughs> I've had this problem my whole life, you know, with like working collaboratively with uh-huh. people. Like, I'm really, I'm really bad at it. Like, I, um, <laughs> I, I like to, you know, and this is gonna make me sound like such an asshole, but it's, it's just the way that I think and the way that I write, and I'm trying to be gentle to myself about it, which um, is hard to do. But everybody should be more nice to themselves. Yeah. Uh, but like. I think of myself as sort of sometimes like sort of a punk rock composer where I like just I envision a bunch of different parts in my head and I you know I I, I have a general idea of how I want it to go but I try not to push you know I try to guide Jude in the direction the vibe and the energy that I'm feeling for Mm -hmm. the song but like for the most part you know I let her do her thing and like you know because she's just really great at being intuitive and like keeping it simple and punchy because um, that's what I, I go for is like i want the crowd to be able to mosh to this yeah absolutely but um you know it's i i've always just approached songwriting like all at once pretty much like i'll just like i don't know how to describe it other than like i'll, I'll just kind of like write something like i don't know it's hard to describe songwriting, but I do most of it. Okay. <laughs> like, it kind of borders on, like, fucking divination almost sometimes. <laughs> it's just like you... I can just see, <laughs> see like, music and shit floating around in my brain, and I'll, like, yeah. slow down the tornado of thoughts in my head, uh, well, like, grab one and put it down on paper and stuff.
2: That's, like, what a lot of, like, Greeks and, and, like, ancient peoples, like, they wouldn't even credit themselves for the songs. They would just credit, like, the god of music. I don't know what their fucking names are, but... Um, I just know that like, uh, reading, you know, some history books and this and that, it's like, oh yeah, like a common thing to do is like, you didn't take credit for yourself. Like it's like you said, divination, like it just sort of comes to you and you're writing it and something else created it. And so, you know, that's not sort of what you're saying so much exactly, but it's like, it's just there and exists and you're trying to make that come to life. Like what's already in your head and happened, you know? Um, so, uh,
3: I definitely get that. Um, yeah. So if
2: I,
0: if.
3: Go oh, for it. sorry.
2: No, no, no. Go for it. Uh,
3: I, I just, I tend to, you know, the other problem I have is I tend to just like write songs continuously, constantly. Is so, that like, a problem?
2: That sounds awesome. <laughs> it's it's
3: not a it's not a problem except for the fact that I have like a cheap interface that I can't get to talk to my laptop <laughs> and like I don't, I I'm not tech savvy at all. Like I and I get really frustrated trying to learn because like I have you know. a I'm neurodivergent it's it's hard for me to learn things and Mm -hmm. so like I you know a lot of times I just like I play guitar a lot and I'm just pissed off because I you know the only way I can really feel to notate anything is like to make a voice recording of it or like take a little video of it and that's like the most I have for like demos in my room right now (laughs) so like it's a problem in the sense that like I write stuff so often that I can't document all of it except for like lyric files in my phone yeah uh, that's got to uh, be frustrating it's it's a little frustrating but it's it's fine yeah. it works yeah. it works yeah, I'm <laughs> just I'm, honestly I'm just more bored than anything yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. that's me hundred um, percent especially when I'm so used to going to so many shows and um, You know, and even after a show, then I have, like, pictures to edit and stuff like that. You know, it's like another half day of work after a show. So, And now I don't have anything to do. Uh, So, yeah, it's the boredom, I think, is most... uh, prevalent for me in these days but uh, it's alright Yeah, there's people out there suffering worse than boredom so what do I have <laughs> right. to bitch about um, so uh, let's move on with some music I thought it was funny Adrian you said uh, y- your first album was just like really kind of low uh, quality and really raw sound um, that's actually why I picked uh, our next band um, their sound just kind of took me back to the late 80s when I was starting to get into punk and everything Kind of sounded like this you know everything was just kind of recorded on on analog tapes and everything just sounded scratchy and low quality i bet bob's gonna actually have to try and uh clean this up a little bit or at least raise the levels <laughs> because it is such a poor recording but it's such a fucking awesome song and a band is great and i don't even know if they're intentionally recording it poorly because i love it and it like i yeah. said it took me right back 25 years, 30 years ago. So, um, the uh, name of the band is Half Mast, and the name of this hardcore gem is When the Levity Breaks. That's another one without a Facebook page, but I know they are located in Amherst, Massachusetts, which doesn't really look like uh, there's much to do there, Um, but apparently... They uh, have some pretty good uh, hardcore bands, at least one hardcore band. Uh, name of that song was When the Levity Breaks. The name of the band was Half Mast. And I only um,
2: turned the volume up. I did not mess with the quality because that is sacrilegious in my book. Yes,
1: I was pretty much just joking. But yeah, no, you will have to turn up the volume a little bit. Yes. Um, so those guys have a few singles out uh, and uh, an EP. Um, but who killed the world? Which that track was off of was their first full-length, uh, and they made it count with 21 tracks. Um, the whole album probably wasn't more than 30 minutes, but 21 tracks crammed in that yeah. time. So they did a good, uh, good job. Uh, and again, just that DIY, gritty, raw sound sounds like they probably recorded it in their garage. That's the fucking good shit, man. That's like that's what gets every punk into punk i think is is that kind of sound so um actually uh talked well i chatted with those guys uh, on i don't know facebook or something uh and they said that they have a new ep coming out which will be out by the time you hear this so nice a little bit of homework for you guys uh definitely go find that album i don't know the name of it or anything because it's not out yet but uh, half Mast will have new music out by the time you hear this. Go look for it. E-
2: EPs are just going to
1: have to be acceptable for me in 2020. I know. You're getting over the whole EP thing. I,
2: I have to because there's no full albums coming out. So yeah. um, Nope. Just is what it is. And I actually I have two that are probably going to be on my albums of the year and it's just going to be what it is because that's yeah. what I've been enjoying. And uh, yeah. So.
1: Well, and and we used to have the rule, uh, no, yeah, uh, like you can't. It has to be LPs. You can't do EPs. But mm-hmm. now that's pretty much all that comes out. So we kind of have to shift our our way of thinking on the records. Yeah. Uh, or the albums of the year list.
2: No, absolutely.
1: So, I'm so sweating that. Oh, it's gonna <laughs> suck. I don't even know what I'm gonna do with that list. I know. I'm um, like,
2: can my album of the year be uh, "The Arrogant Sons of Bitches" from? 12, 13, 14, 15 <laughs> yeah, years ago yeah. Which I just discovered yeah. Oh my god, you mentioned uh, Jeff Rosenstock earlier, Adrian um,
3: Do you? I love Jeff Rosenstock do
2: you, yeah. do you? Have you listened to Arrogant Sons of Bitches?
3: I've listened to a little bit of Arrogant Sons of Bitches
2: Okay, I hadn't And then I discovered it this year And I was just like, this is my It became my Spotify's top played album And every song on it is one of my top Five songs uh, of most played all year long. And I'm like, well, that's cool. This was 15 years old, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever I am. Yeah. I'm like, you guys said earlier, you know, you're yeah. talking about like bands you'll yeah. never be able to get to see. And I'm like, well, at least I could see Jeff Rosenstock and maybe next yeah. year he'll, he'll tour no dream. And that would be awesome because I mean, in my opinion, his best album, uh, so far as so, far as the solo work goes, but, um, um, yeah, I'm like, God, it'd be so awesome to be able to see like these songs being played. Yeah. So,
1: and, and Jeff Rosenstock is, is near the top of my top ten albums of mm-hmm. the year list this year. And he came right out the gates. I think that was in January oh, that yeah. one was released. Yeah, so it was like, like really early on. Uh, yeah. that one's been living in my top ten list for a while. So yeah.
3: no, uh, no. He 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 put that one out like in the summertime. Um you're thinking dang. of yeah, you're thinking of post. Um he put post out like January first, twenty twenty eighteen.
1: Oh gotcha. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It all blends together. I'm getting old. <laughs> um <laughs> twenty,
3: twenty nineteen. I don't know. Uh twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. 2020. It's, what's the difference it's really? It's the same. We, we don't have perception of time anymore it's... I know
1: <laughs> It didn't take long for us to adapt <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, So let's keep
1: things there in Massachusetts uh, But we're going to move Dewey's from Amherst Over to Boston for this next one uh, Name of this track is Never Die From Garage Pop Punk's Salem Wolves is their brand new single never die it's really awesome 80s sound to it with some echoey vocals uh even mrs anarcho punk was digging that one nice. uh they released a couple other singles recently so go listen to them all is, is that the like pokemon get them all <laughs> what is it catch them all gotta go hear listen them all. to them all yeah you gotta hear them all um but yeah, so two bands back to back out of massachusetts that uh doing really good things i like uh that garage sound of salem wolves it's pretty cool uh i like the the little bit of a 80s inspiration to it so um really cool good job guys uh hope to hear more from them not just some singles yeah like bob says just put it, just make a fucking album god i That's was what listening he to a band
2: earlier this week and i'm like i go through and they put out five singles this year i'm like Come on, you've got an EP, don't do that to me Don't give me five singles, give me an EP And in fact, just make Three more songs and you've yeah. got a full album buddy. Not
1: even, He's Come not on. even happy With the EP, he's already Pissed about the EP, but don't give him Five singles, a Sorry, of a bitch. Sorry Adrian, I know you gave us an
2: EP uh, Earlier this
3: year <laughs> um. well you know that's a funny story about that so jude and i have a bunch of stuff uh, material for the next full-length plasma canvas record um but like a couple of those songs have been around for a while yeah. like before we recorded killer majestic and like because we wanted to do like whenever we started talking to side one dummy we were like planning you know okay what's the next full length um, plasma Canvas record gonna sound like And what are we gonna do And then you know we started talking with Side One And they were like well you know since this is our first thing Together let's like try a little bit smaller Thing and like you know that way if it You know like if it if it blows up Cool if it doesn't work out it's you know it's not that Bad you know and like So it was it was just cool and You know we, we were able to do Like five songs and work with Bill Stevenson and that was a super Rad time but you know I mean it is what it is. Like, we we have all those songs now for the next record, and, like, we've yeah. just gotten to perfect them that much more, well, and we're excited to show them with everyone.
2: That's, that's nice insider information, too, though, because I also didn't know that that was a consideration in why someone makes a shorter album or a longer album, it being, like... You yeah, know. There's a lot of time it's just what you can get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And,
1: see here and here comes Bob criticizing people when they're just doing the best they can. <laughs>
0: yeah, what the fuck,
1: dude <laughs> Such a scumbag, man. Fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, this is yeah, well, it's all right, Bob. We still love you. All right. Um so, Bob, I think you're really going to like this next one. I thought of you when I included it. So we listened to some some just straight up classic kind of ska um, a, a little bit earlier. We're going to put some grit on that. Uh, this next one, I don't know if we're going to go all the way and call this ska core, but it's definitely a little bit more hard than regular ska. Um, the band uh, is made up of a couple ex-Link 80 members, Adam Davis, right. uh, vocals and guitar. And uh, he brought bass player Barry crepine with them uh, so from the East Bay this is Omnigon with Sh- Swallow Poison <laughs> Was the new single Swallow Poison from East Bay Hardcore ska ska see. I don't want to say ska core because that's it's explicit in its uh description, and I don't think OmniGon's quite there. Um but OmniGon's the name of the band. Um they released a 12-track LP entitled No Faith uh, back in back in simpler times, 2019. <laughs> uh on that album, uh they also had uh, Steve Borth who uh, used to play with Rx Bandit, Bandits, and uh, Brent Friedman from We Are the Union, as well as Jeremy Hunter from ska Network, which Bob and I were talking about offline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, it's, they're kind of like a super group, too, almost, yeah. uh, with all those names kind of sprinkled in there. And, and it's always good to see Blast from the Past, Link 80, in any capacity. I'll yeah. take them. Um Bob, you said you would recognize the name Link-80. Did we determine that it's from your Asian Man record uh, compilation days?
2: Uh, yes, yes it is, um, and uh, like you said, one of the dudes uh, played in RX Bandits for a while, which is a, a band that I was into, so um, that is exactly where it's from.
1: And we we also decided that we can say Asian Man Records because that's the name of the album. The record label.
2: That is, yes, that is the name of the, <laughs> the record label, which is, um, uh, what is it, Mike, Mike Park? I'm trying to yeah. remember. Mike Park. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, who is, uh, yeah, he's
1: South yep. Korean descent. Uh, uh, he's been putting out some good music this year, too. I think he had a couple releases that um, might be... He, at least penciled in on my albums of the air and I can't remember them right off hand but I remember seeing uh, Asian Man Records because I always put the record label next to the album yeah so, absolutely um, cool uh, alright look let's round out the second block of music here with some good old boys from back home uh, C. Potato what is so the street so these guys are street <laughs> punks What? what is it with street punks and potatoes does anybody <laughs> does anybody know that because like, there's a band here called Potato Pirates, yeah, and they're street punk. Uh, th- uh, pretty sure I heard another one that has potato in their name. Uh, it's actually, I mean, they sort of created a
2: subgenre of punk called Potato Core. So, um, okay. It's, yeah, kinda...
3: it's, it's the Irish-Celtic thing.
1: Okay. Well, these guys aren't very Irish or Celtic, but their name is Cece Potato. They're uh, from the San Fernando Valley up there in my old right. hood. Name of the song is Jackson's Blood. Sweetie! track was Jackson's Blood name of the band was CC Potato street punk out of the valley there in Los Angeles Uh, their first full length which uh, well that was a single Bob's favorite another (laughs) single Uh, their first full length however uh, was entitled The Upper Decker which I think is an incredible (laughs) name Uh, that was released back in 2016 and then they did have another album in 2018 um, full length album uh, called The Best of the Worst Um, so, uh, yeah, some pretty good street punk up there uh, in the valley. And I don't remember, um, I think they were relatively new uh, when I was still living there, so I don't know if they were playing shows, but I, I might have seen them once or twice on, a, on a, uh, a lineup and I never got to see them, but um, really good, high quality street punk. Way to go, boys. I like that. Um, that was the one uh, scene there in Southern California that's lacking is the uh, the street punk. We don't don't have very much down there. Yeah, uh, a lot of punk, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of pop and a lot of ska down there. It'll um, be
2: nice when shows get back and going to be able to go see them.
1: Yeah, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll go see Yanni. I don't give a shit. I'll, <laughs> I'll start a pit at a Yanni show. <laughs> uh, I would like
2: to see that.
1: I would pay good money to see that. Uh, so that rounds well, out him. our. That, Did you lose what?
3: Adrian? Uh, I believe. Oh. Uh, oh, nope. There he is. There he is.
1: Welcome back. Yeah. Well, my internet kind of sucks. Oh. Um, so that rounds out our last block of music. Um. What do you guys want to talk about now? We usually do a little outro here about what we're going to talk about, uh, or what we're going to do over the next few weeks, but I imagine we're all going to be, uh, probably laying low, celebrating holidays and such, um, and being, uh, removed from large groups of people because we're all responsible adults. Um, so I don't, I'm not doing anything. is anybody else doing anything? Adrian, are you doing anything?
3: Uh, yeah, um. So those wildfires that were burning all over the country a couple months ago, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna have one of those several times a day in my living room, um, <laughs> in front of my TV, uh, in a very on a very very small scale. I'm gonna smoke a lot of weed. All right, <laughs> <and, laughs> I like it. Uh, I'm gonna smoke a lot of weed and play a lot of like Spider Man on PS4 and nice. Batman on PS4, and. uh I'm going to make a lot of food, and I'm going to, like, try to find a working guitar. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, maybe get the guitar problem. What's uh, wrong a with your
2: guitar? What's currently the issue?
3: A uh, machine head broke on it, and it's, like, of course, the low E, so I can't be punk rock right now. And I don't like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to write guitar parts like The Clash. So, like, <laughs> I got I to gotta have that that low, thick motherfucker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Excellent I like the idea of just smoking uh, copious amounts of marijuana Playing (laughs) video games and cooking and eating lots of food That sounds pretty fucking incredible Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I'm probably going to be doing a very similar uh, setup around here Um, Bob, you're going to be editing the podcast
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will be editing the podcast Yes, I will
1: Um, Um, And uh, that's probably about it Yeah Okay. Well, then uh let's go ahead and put a bow on this motherfucker. Uh Adrian, I really appreciate you joining. I had a bunch of fun. I'm really excited for shows to start playing. Um when they do, I imagine you're going to come down and play a few in Denver if there's any venues left.
3: I mean, absolutely.
1: Okay. When the when when the shows come back, let's hang out. We'll uh we'll meet up at one of the shows and hang out for a little bit. We'll start a pit. We'll get a rowdy pit going, you and I. And we'll make fun of Bob.
3: (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) (laughs) I feel Uh, left
1: out. Yeah, you should.
3: No, you got to be there when we make fun of you or else it's like not as fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that the rule? I'm fucked, man. I make fun of him all the time when he's not around. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for joining us. I really hope to catch you in person again sometime soon. Until then, I want you to uh, be extra safe because the world's a crazy fucking place. Um, But until then, let's go ahead and play out with a little bit more music. Uh, I love these guys. They have a really awesome mid-90s pop punk sound, like a Blink-182, something that's just really catchy and radio-friendly. Nice little simple quartet out of Regina, Saskatchewan. You don't see very many uh, bands coming out of Saskatchewan. I don't even know where that is. Yeah, and it's hard not to say <laughs> Regina because that's how it's spelled, but I'm almost positive it's Regina. I don't know, maybe. I might catch some... Uh negative feedback. I think wait if a minute. Wait a minute.
3: What's coming out of the Regina? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a Saskatchewan <laughs> is coming out of my Regina. <laughs> oh god. Oh no. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to uh, do a video call with my doctor to check that out. Um, the name of the band here is Hiding from Humans. The name of the song is Winge. This is from their new six song album a radio EP. Let's spin it, Bob. Until next time, comrades, stay safe. Adios.